0: Welcome to Pulp Fiction. This week we are covering and reviewing Fantastic Four. I am your weekly host, Brandon Revar. I am joined as always by Jacob Krissip and Rachel Jameson. And, uh, you know, Fantastic Four was made several years ago, remade, hit box offices this week. And uh, what do we think about it? We'll get into that. But first, let's read what it's about. Dr. Storm, we gave you six years and millions of dollars,
1: and you gave us nothing. What's different now? Reed Richards.
2: He knows answers to questions we don't even know to ask yet. This is our chance to learn more about our planet and maybe even save it. I want you to meet my daughter, Sue. You wanna be famous?
1: I just want my work to make a difference. John, Reed. This guy doesn't take orders well. Yeah, especially from people who say, I don't take orders well. Don't let any of these lab coats give you any crap, all right? Well, if I do, I know who to call. The Muscle.
2: I gotta say, it's fun having you here. Really? No.
1: (laughs) What you've
0: created here is incredible. You guys sure you're in the best shape to be doing this? Yeah.
2: Yeah. We're good. They just cracked interdimensional travel. Incredible. All I want to know is where are my children?
0: Four have survived.
2: All exhibit unique physical conditions.
0: I just want to fix my friends. You can't fix
1: this. You should use these powers to help people.
2: You opened a door you don't know how to close. You don't know anything about what's coming.
1: What is coming?
0: young outsiders teleport to an alternate and dangerous universe which alters their physical form in shocking ways the four must learn to harness their new abilities and work together to save earth from a former friend turned enemy directed by josh Trank, who uh directed chronicle and the kill point Uh, miles teller plays reed richards michael b jordan from the wire plays johnny storm Kate Mara plays Sue Storm, otherwise known as The Invisible Girl. And Jamie Bell from Billy Elliot. He's all growing up and he's playing Ben Grimm slash The Thing. Jacob, what were your initial thoughts? I know that you just saw this today, so it's fresh on your mind. We'll go to you first. What were your initial thoughts on Fantastic Four?
1: First off, I did not know... That's Michael B. Jordan from The Wire. Oh, you didn't I realize never that? Put that together. Yeah, right? that's that's, that's him. What's his name with The Wire. Uh, uh, Wallace. Wallace.
0: First season. Where's Wallace, Where's Wallace
1: D? Where's Wallace String? Oh, that, that, that just completely blown my mind. Yeah, that's Wallace. He was he was like, wow, he's scrawny, like thick and like muscled up now. Yeah, and
0: he's gonna he's gonna he's like he a was a legit in, actor too. Yeah, no, he yeah, is. He was really a, good. He was in Fruitvale Station, a movie that came yeah. out a year or two ago. I wanted to see it. I, it's a good movie. A he got so a yet. lot of critical notice mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. yeah, and he's gonna be in
1: Creed. I can't believe that's Wallace. Mm-hmm. What do you mean Creed? It's gonna.
0: It's an offshoot of the Rocky Balboa series. Uh, he plays uh, Apollo Creed's son. Not a son.
1: spinoff of the band. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. He's playing
0: Scott Stapp's son. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, he's playing Apollo Creed's son in Creed. Okay, cool. But yeah, okay, go ahead. Your initial thoughts uh, yeah, on Fantastic Yeah, sorry. Four. Yeah,
1: no, that just kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I, I knew I recognized that kid. <laughs> uh, anyway, okay, so initial reaction. Not a good movie, but let me... Let me back up a little bit. i got to ask you this. Did you read the comic books?
0: I did actually read the comic books, yes. I, I didn't read them religiously like I read Spider-Man, uh, but it it would have been in my top three or four that I actually did read. You might be a little familiar with the
1: origin story and things like that, possibly. It's been so long, but
0: I'll give it a shot.
1: How about the first two movies? Uh, the first one came out in 2005. The Silver Surfer one came out in 2007. I um, saw those in the theater. I'm trying to even recall and haven't the, seen the origin story in the two thousand five version. Because why would
2: I? No one has seen them since. Yeah, I exactly. actually
1: watched the first one a year ago, because it was it was on, and I figured, hey, you not know, we'll give it a go. Because I just didn't remember much about it, right? And then as it kind of was going through it, I was remembering all the things. I, I just right. continuously hated about it. I mean, I just hated the first, movie, the first yeah, they, two movies. they were terrible. We've kind of mentioned this before. The only thing good about either of those two movies was the Silver Surfer. That was a really cool element. Yeah, Other Silver than that, Surfer they was just, really cool. They were really, really bad. That being said, I do not understand why this movie is at a 3.9 on IMDb, right. and I do not understand why it's at a 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. That makes zero sense to me.
0: Totally agree. This
1: movie is not a great movie, but it certainly isn't a three or a four. It's about a five or a six. Okay, this is—I yep. mean, it's, it's it's filmed pretty well. I think yep. the actors are pretty great. They blow out whoever was uh, even. You know, um, casted in in the first movies. I don't even know the guy's name who played Richard Reed in the first movie, but he was awful. Mm -hmm. And the thing, this is where it's kind of like, you do you prefer CGI? Normally, you would prefer you know practical effects over CGI, which is what they did in the first series, the first two movies. But that thing, I don't know if he was too colorful, too orange. Looked like he was too much in like this, I don't know, hard clay outfit, whatever. And I have my issues with this thing as well, but he's just a hard character to to put on screen. And you could say that. Well, what about the Hulk? Right. But yeah. for some reason, they did pull it out, pull it off at Marvel or in the Avengers. So. I right. bet
2: they had a rough time pulling that off. It took time to get Hulk right. I guess that's true. So. When
1: you think about the first two movies, which were both pretty brutal, and then you're right, by the third go around, he looked right. And they had great mm-hmm. actors playing
0: Bruce Banner in the first two movies between. Ed Norton and uh, Eric Bana, yeah, Banna, yeah. Uh, two good actors, but they still couldn't get it right because of the CGI effects for yeah. the actual Hulk. Yeah. All right, Rachel. So, what, oh, oh I'm ahead. sorry. So, no. so,
1: so I, I still think the movie has its flaws. I'm really, you know, if you want to talk about the fans who are, who are true to Fantastic Four, I don't know the origin story very mm-hmm. well. And I'm real curious how this movie kind of falls in line with that. That's why I was kind of asking if you were familiar with right. it. Right. Um, so the movie definitely has its flaws. There's, I don't know, there's kind of some abrupt things that happen, like oh now we're going to meet Doom and boom it's over. You know little things like that. But I didn't mind the origin story. Again, I thought the acting was pretty good for you know. Yeah. For the, well, I thought the story was pretty decent. Right. And um, I don't have problems with it. Like like the the ratings it's been given. Yeah. That's the, the
0: origin story is pretty pretty similar. I mean it is it was basically a test flight uh, and they all kind of boarded and that's and, right it was a test flight yeah it was a test flight and they got their powers i mean so i mean details have changed but the the general crux of what the origin story is remains rachel your initial thoughts on the movie
2: i pretty much agree with jacob on a lot of what he was saying was it a good movie no it wasn't a good movie but it wasn't a terrible movie ever and that's that's a uh, kind of where Rotten Tomatoes meters can get skewed a little bit because I wouldn't have given it a fresh rating. But it's not as terrible as 9% would imply.
1: I so, forget about their ratings. So
2: it's, that's why it's kind of hard to judge sometimes. Or if you see something super fresh, but then the movie is kind of mediocre, you're like, well, that was good, but it wasn't great. Well, yeah, you would have given it a fresh too. So, um, but as far as the user rating, the IMDb 3.9, I think that's a little harsh on it, but I I think that's based
1: on 24,000 votes.
2: I think that part of it is because they had an uphill battle to climb anyway, overcoming the other Fantastic Four movies. And because this just wasn't a a good movie, people were really, really upset about it because they were already upset about it before. Um, I thought it was a decent movie. Like Jacob said, I thought the acting was fine. The script was my problem. There's a lot of problems with that script. I thought that they hired some really talented actors, but uh, they had some trouble delivering some of the lines because they were just so bad. Overall, it was an okay movie. I think I'm going to give it a six, probably. We'll delve more into other stuff later, but what were your initial thoughts? It's,
0: it's straight fives or sixes from all of us. It's funny that we all have the same. I thought we might be all over the place with this, or we might all hate it. Or when I you texted you should... me
1: that it was worse than the originals, I was like, Are you serious? <laughs> so you were messing with me.
0: Well, I didn't. Th- and that's what I told Rachel. I, well, I didn't want to. I wanted you to like it more. I tried to lower your expectations to make My me expectations enjoy it My expectations were as low as it was. Oh, okay. I was, so it didn't I was actually
1: not excited to see this at all. Okay. And then as a kind of. 15, 30 minutes in, I was like, oh, I'm still not annoyed yet. Yeah. An hour in, I was like, I'm not really that annoyed. Actually, I'm kind of invested. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's,
0: it's, I don't at all understand. I think Rachel got it right. I think that the backlash from the the previous two movies and it being a reboot is working against them. Now, I think there were a lot of flaws in it. I mean, I I don't want to repeat what you guys have said. I, I think the exact same thing, basically. I don't think it's a great movie by any means, but it is not at all a 3.9 or a 9 percenter, those are usually reserved for, I mean, like laughing stock. Like, oh, it's just like yeah. the Norbits of the world. I mean, is what those usually I mean, really, I mean, or, That's true. or That's Epic right. Movie 2 or Flubber. something. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's usually those, and this is not at all that. Like you said, Jacob, technically it's a really sound movie. Shot well, uh, the effects are good, the acting is good. Uh, there's a lot to like, and you would think, you know, Chronicle was a pretty good movie, and Trank directed that. So, I mean, he's not a bad director I think all the problems lie in the script and so since we haven't really go
1: ahead well do you know about all the reshoots all the you know the behind the scenes issues that this movie had you know they had issues with Trank himself uh, there's rumors that, like, he destroyed his hotel room, because he's kind of, I think in his mid-twenties. Yeah, he's like a young, young guy. So, if you look like, him up, you can see some, a
0: picture of him, he looks like a teenager.
1: Well, I and mean, when I was looking at his resume, he's only directed Chronicle. He may right. have done, like, a small series, yeah. but he's only done Chronicle. And as far as his writing, he's only written Chronicle. So, the kill point is what he kind of had right. a part. So, It's a series I've never heard of. So... You know, this is a young, you know, and hopefully, I guess, maybe a learn from your mistake situation. But they've had all kinds of behind the scenes issues with this movie, and I don't think it was marketed very well. But -hmm. they may have just been working with what they had to deal with, or, you know.
2: Well, I know I I didn't read the full story, but I saw the the headline that he pretty much came out and said that they. They ruined his movie. That he actually made a good movie, and then the edits basically ruined it. Which really.
0: I thought was hilarious. I saw that too, and I read a little bit about the it. The edits like, were not the problem. Dude, with the this edits movie. were the problem. Like I, because it wasn't. An edi- I wasn't ever like, oh, if the scene were five minutes longer, or oh, if the scene was thirty seconds right. Shorter, and I never felt or, it, it wasn't an editing issue. Yeah, by I never any felt means. like
2: oh, well if. I, this looks like there was probably more explained here, and they probably cut it out. Sometimes I get that impression. I did not get that impression with this movie. It was just poor writing. Yeah, it was. Which, from the writers, one it's written by two different guys. Or was Josh Trank also a writer?
0: Yeah, Josh Trank was a writer, and then two other Okay, mean, so Graham he did Chronicle. Simon Kinberg. Wow.
2: Uh, Kinberg looks... I mean, he did X-Men Days of Future Past and X-Men Apocalypse. So that Kimberg guy
1: has a pretty big resume, right? Surprise the, all the, the things you know, we and uh, you we know, know Jeremy enjoy. Slater don't.
2: But Jumper, Sherlock Holmes, I didn't see this means war, but I wasn't impressed with Jumper or Sherlock Holmes, or the Lazarus Effect Chronicle was okay. Yeah. So I mean, it looks like Kimberg maybe, maybe My. pulling it out now the X Men movies, but he had some some stinkers in my, and my opinion my guess
1: too on Kinberg is that he's not the only writer on the x-men movies right probably yeah. not yeah. yeah yeah so it's
0: kind of this melting pot of of writers and i do think that was easily the the biggest issue i do think that there are some things to like in this movie but from a critical standpoint while it's better than what i think it's it's you know getting in the press and from fans here are some things i did want to hit on that i i made notes on that i I just wanted to talk about some some critiques. My first thing is, I didn't think the characters seemed all that smart. And by that, I mean this. Like, when I watch Iron Man, I really think that Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., is very convincing as a very smart, intelligent man. Mark Ruffalo is really convincing as Bruce Banner, as a really intelligent scientist. Andrew Garfield is really convincing as a really smart Peter Parker. But when I'm watching Miles Teller and Kate Mara, They didn't jump out as like, oh, these teenagers are geniuses.
2: Amazing. Oh, thanks. Amazing you didn't black out the entire Western Hemisphere. Hmm? You basically ripped a hole in the fabric of space-time with unspecked components and no supervision. Yeah, that was uh, an accident. And if by accident you upped the power, you would have created a runaway reaction that opened a black hole and swallowed the entire planet.
1: Well, I'm... Glad
0: that didn't happen.
1: They just yeah. seem like normal. They gave kids. us the reason. You know why to... that is? Because supposedly, you know, uh, Miles Teller's as a kid would built this machine when he's a child, but he doesn't know the difference between a Phillips and a flathead. Are you right. So His house doesn't even have a Phillips screwdriver available. Did you not even catch that immediately? I yeah.
0: Oh, oh, so I see. Stupid. I didn't even catch that. Yes. But you're right. That's right. Now that I think about it, that's yes. so funny. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was things like that. Uh, that that was really bothersome to me here's some other things and the and these were scripted again these were script issues i thought it was hilarious at the science fair at the beginning that miles teller's character reed richards he's this like teenage kid he invents basically what is the world's greatest invention ever and his science teacher is like uh you're suspended. Go clean up the backboard. I, I mean, wrote, like this I wrote the just...
1: exact same note. Teacher's not impressed by Reed. Yeah. Boy genius. Yeah. Bullshit. That was so
0: <laughs> ridiculous. Yes. And then the other thing. Uh, okay, so... Um, the uh, And then the
1: scientists magically show up at the, squ- yes. at the
0: school I, fair. Yes. I, I Five the minutes same. later. Yeah. And, Sorry, I'm ruining ex- your moment, No, man. I put the exact same thing. They magically... Sh- That's hilarious. How <laughs> uh, are they there? So I, so I put... So they just happened to stumble upon the science fair where he created exactly the invention they were working on and looking for, okay, and they were just like, oh, cool, you did it. Like, they didn't even seem all that impressed. Like, oh, you you perfected the invention that we've been trying to do. Good job. And to
2: go
1: even further, Reed Richards, this smart boy genius, whatever... Supposedly, never heard of the Baxter Institute, yeah. which is supposed to be, I guess, a big deal. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. It'd be like if you're like one of the greatest like teenage singers in the world, and you never heard of, like Juilliard yeah, or something. Yeah,
1: or yeah, like MIT. You never yeah. heard of, like these great technology colleges. So.
0: Yeah. Um, another thing, I, I think that there wasn't enough humor. Like, not that all movies, comic movies, need a lot of humor, but it was it was pretty void of. Michael of B. Humor. Jordan
2: was the only. Semi funny character in that whole movie. You're right. He was. He was.
0: Yeah, Johnny Storm. He was the only semi funny character. as a, As a whole, I thought the characters were kind of one note. Like there wasn't a lot of depth to any of them. None of them. Uh, there really wasn't. That was to me. They were kind one of even cliche. Issues. Michael B.
1: Jordan. You know, dad issues. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kate Mars, smart, smart scientist. No, gosh. Honestly, I thought Reg. Or is it Reggie? Kathy? Is that how you say his name? Or Reg? The the dad, Doctor Frank. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Does Reg. he have one emotional? Um, ability in, in his body. Yeah. Like response. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. he has the monotone thing down. He does. Yeah. Yes, he
0: absolutely does. That Those were some of my biggest issues. My favorite part was probably when they were kids. Uh, like, as far as uh, because they were focused more on the relationships between the characters. And they kind of went away from that. And that was the most interesting thing to me. Uh, another big gripe I had was I put, ugh, another portal is going to destroy the Earth climax. It's like how many times have yep. we got to see that in these comic book movies. I felt like we we're just rewatching the Avengers, uh, where Portal was going to destroy the Earth and they had to save. So, anyways, uh, there you go. Those were my my main complaints. I thought it was odd there was no Stan Lee cameo. That is first weird. time that's happened. Why do you guys know why?
1: I actually just heard. I just heard about it that he wasn't going to be in it, but I I didn't hear why. Now I'm sorry.
0: And and it's weird because I think that Fantastic Four was like his first. Big yeah, creation. they
2: they were like the founding family of Marvel, yeah. so, so it's so, really so, sad that they have messed them up so badly.
0: Here's the, here's the biggest bummer to me. He still was a producer on it though. Yeah,
2: yeah he, he was. was.
0: So I don't know I don't know why he wasn't in it. Uh, it was really odd to me. Now, did you guys realize it wasn't a Marvel movie?
2: Not until after I saw it, and I was like, Marvel wouldn't have made that movie. It didn't have the intro.
0: It had the intro yeah, because it, it because it's still a Marvel property. Just like the original Spider Man movies were made by Sony, they still had the Marvel intro, but it's not made by Marvel Studios. It was actually made by Twentieth Century Fox. It was just like Spider Man oh, The I Rights. That.
1: Okay, the yeah. Rights
0: were owned by Sony, same here with Twentieth Century Fox, which is a lot of the you know, probably the reason. That's why there was no Avengers tie in, there is no Samuel L. Jackson appearance and the there's no post. It was weird there was no post uh, was credit no post-credit anything. Like but half again, this that's an Avengers Marvel thing. I know.
2: It was so, so weird, though. The theater was just sitting around waiting for it to whole happen. My was.
0: I was telling people as I was leaving, I was like, don't wait around. There's no scene.
2: Yep. And
0: everybody was bummed out.
2: I will say none of us were, like, super into the comics, but my cousin was into them, and I talked to him about it, which he was just, he agreed with us. He was disappointed in it, but didn't think it deserved the, the hate that it's getting. But he said there was a lot of things about it that were just kind of disrespectful to Fantastic Four fans, even from so little... that's
1: what I want to know about.
2: Even little things like... He thought it was just kind of stupid that they didn't give the thing pants. Like, sure, it doesn't make any sense, but it would have been that difficult to put pants on the thing just because that's how people think about him. And I understand from a comic book fan standpoint, like that would be kind of a annoying little thing. But his biggest deal was, I told him that I actually really liked Doctor Doom. I, I thought like, as far as like, oh, he was going around blowing people's heads up, that was kind of awesome. And he was like, yeah, <laughs> Doctor Doom can't do that. Doctor Doom can't do anything, basically. He, th- his power is basically that he's really smart, so he invents things that do things for him. So my cousin was really upset that Dr. Doom had all of these powers. They made him, like, way too badass, was what he said, because Dr. Doom is not nearly as badass as they made him out to be in this movie, and that was irritating to really? him. Cause- I personally thought, as somebody who doesn't know the comics that well, I was like, oh man, Dr. Doom is kind of awesome, like... Really liked him watching watching him explode people's heads, but I actually that's... thought that
1: was kind of cool in the movie as well. But okay, so Casper Troy—I can't think of the actor's name, but the guy who played Doctor Doom in the the first Fantastic Four movies, Casper Troy—you know from Tech. yeah—didn't yeah. Um, he also like? I thought he. Took in energy as well. I thought that was a Doom. I really I don't Dr. remember. Doom. He maybe
2: he takes in energy. I don't know. He can't explode people's heads. That's for sure. Well, I'll tell you what.
1: <laughs> Doctor Doom is a pretty big character in the infinite and in the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's
2: why I was like, they've got to make him kind and of a big. He's a big deal. deal in
1: that, not because he's smart. So. That's what I, he said. No, I don't know the comic books though, so I can't back that up. Outside of what I read in the Infinity Gauntlet, right. So, but, you know, I I thought Doom was okay, too. I I thought his costume was a little stiff compared to what the cartoon looks like. And I kind of thought, like, if they're going to make him speak and we just, you know, know that, assume that's him talking, that maybe they could, like, made his mouth glow green at least. (laughs) Right. uh, So we can identify something. I don't know. At least with Darth Vader, we got, like, an inhale sound or something. I don't know.
2: My issue with this costume is, okay, I know you got to put him in the hood. I get that because he's Dr. Doom and he has a hood on. But really, he just goes back to the planet and then out of nowhere just pulls out this hood and puts it on, like... Where did he get that how, head? How, where did he get that head? Why would he ever put it on on this planet? Like it, how they got from point A to point B, it was it was kind of comical to me and it shouldn't have been.
1: Well, I kind but of wonder when it comes to those production issues I was talking about earlier where, you know, we were an hour in when they finally got to that planet. And then, boom, I thought it was so abrupt how they just said one year later and then yeah. you've got, you yep. know you know, Johnny Storm and... And uh, yes, Sea Storm, like was... already like doing their abilities now. I understand at some point you've got to find a way to fast forward a little bit, but that was so abrupt. And again, that's got to be because of these production issues and again these writing problems. Right. Um, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I uh, I I wanted because I was pretty sure, but I didn't want to say unless I was sure. So I looked it up. It, basically, he's he's supposed to be. I think Doctor Doom first of all looks like a badass. He's always been one of my favorite villains from the comics. You know, you know in those Marvel comics I read all the Spider-Man's and you know they would, you know, cross over a lot of times and mm. things like that. But he's supposed to be a brilliant scientist and he's supposed to be a master of science and sorcery. His powers include poisonous gas breath. His insides were converted into a gas he could spew. Uh just like the Fantastic Four, he was also affected by uh, the superposition or transportation gate accident. He has a super dense organic metallic body and sharp projectile spikes.
2: So he cannot blow up people's heads. No, he
0: can't do it. They definitely, your your cousin's right. They definitely, and as I was watching, I'm not as versed as your cousin, but as I was watching, I was like, I think they made Dr. Doom way too powerful. I think he's, you know, his main thing is being smart and being able to do, you know, some sorcery and things like that. But, yeah, they made him way too powerful, made him do way too – It was cool from a movie standpoint Yeah, it was fun to, to watch. watch but, but, yeah, I mean, I, I could see why. But if I
2: were a big fan of the Fantastic Four, that oh, would have yeah. ticked me off. Oh,
0: absolutely. Now, the thing having pants that doesn't To me, that's kind of like the equal of, like, Wolverine and the X-Men series. He wasn't wearing yellow spandex. But they gave an
2: explanation for that. Well, they, they used a joke. I mean – Yeah, they as, used a joke. An, Even one line of dialogue – like, and it was I under- it was I understand joke. he wasn't like super mad about it or something like that. But he was like, they could have at least said something. If they're right. going to change the way this character looks, then at least mention no, something. No, I get that. I get that. Because you would be irritated if they did something like that to Spider-Man and then just acted like it wasn't a thing.
0: Well, I mean, in the originals, they had they had him. Oh, yeah, he designed. Webs- he
2: made the web slinger. No, in the actual that comics. Was a he, in that the he comics, does. he makes
0: the web slinger, and they got it correct, uh, The web shooters, they got that correct. Gotcha. in the amazing Spider Man, but they made it a part of his powers
2: gotcha. in the first trilogy. That kind so of annoyed you up. a little bit. That did kind of annoy me a little See? bit. See? It's like the pan- But things. I understood. Like, you're not going to get it a Terrible about movie. It. I understood so, it. Write them all off. I understood <laughs>
0: it,
1: but it did kind of annoy me.
0: Um,
1: so, yeah. Anything else you guys want to add? Actually, yeah, I forgot about that. I read a Cinema, Cinema Blend article that just came out in the last couple of days regarding Fantastic Four, and it kind of was like, what should Fox do next? Because they, they they were supposed to do a sequel to this, using the same actors, obviously. Yeah, they're probably not going to. Well, it's are a bummer because that? the
0: actors were good. They just didn't give them you know, the right material. Yeah, right, actors they said they could over. just skip
1: the sequel and go straight into the crossover between Fantastic Four and X-Men, so, because they they are in comics together, and That's they, true. Said, they said, "Do they want to jeopardize, jeopardize X Men since it's something so good for Fox, though? True, because people are so angry good or question. frustrated with Fantastic Four. Will X could X Men save Fantastic Four? So there's an option. Um, That's an interesting thought. Uh, let's see the third one. I don't remember Was it. the
0: third one give the rights back to Marvel. I think well that was that was the, the fourth of it. one. Yeah. That would yeah. Like Sony the, the best choice which is
1: yeah. which is sell it, yeah, sell it back to Marvel and Disney would be willing to pick it up and do what they'd do with it. Which again, the Fantastic Four are also in the Infinity Gauntlet series, right. that would be cool. And the only thing we're missing is Wolverine. That's a yeah, be cool that's, Yeah, that's
0: huge. Well, and and that's the thing. Here's the most frustrating thing to me about all of this. Fantastic Four, they're great characters, and they're like OG comic book characters, and they're iconic characters, and unfortunately, because Marvel hasn't owned the rights to the movies, and because the movies have been so bad, the way that the general public is looking at the Fantastic Four now is like kind of these second-rate crappy characters or heroes, and they're not at all. like In the comic book world, they're still iconic, but it hasn't transferred over to the movie world. Uh, but unfortunately, the general public views these heroes through the lens of just movies now. And that bums me out. Because yeah. Fantastic Four deserve better.
1: Oh, the only thing I took away from this, and the other thing I took away with this, is that Miles Teller cannot grow facial hair. <laughs> 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 That's it. I
2: actually, for, for how good, this is no diss on Miles Teller at all. I think he was miscast for this role. Yeah. I, and I, I don't think, I, don't like I, I was I was with him. I could follow him until we got to the very end where he actually had to be a hero and a leader. And then I was like, okay. oh, this yeah, cause is he's kind, usually of, kind of a weasel. Yeah. I was like, this is kind of awkward. Like it kind of made me feel bad for him yeah, like okay. actually, because it came off so awkwardly. So he's a fantastic actor. I just don't think that this was probably the best role for him. All there right.
0: you go. Good defense. That is our review of the Fantastic Four. None of us really think it's a great movie, but much better than the reviews and fans would lead you to believe. I would say, and so would Jacob, and so would Rachel. So there you go. That is pulp fiction on Fantastic Four. And now is the part of the podcast where we talked about where we talk about what we watched this week. <laughs> Jacob, when you're editing this, skip past this part and take two. And now, come to- <laughs> <laughs> and now we've come to the. And now we've come to
1: the.
0: And now we've come to the part of the podcast where we talk about what we watched this week just in our off time, our personal movie and And show, all the times the time.
2: that we're not recording this podcast, <laughs> yeah, the other how
0: many hours are in a week? <laughs> we and
1: we actually had about 3 or 4 extra days because we had cut it short last week. So, we could have a lot to talk about here. We could. I'm and curious.
0: I I'm I'm excited to talk about one thing in particular, but let's jump over to Rachel. Uh, Rachel, what have you been watching this week?
2: I've weirdly gotten into watching some shorts. That it it became true. because I saw the headline that Columbia House filed for bankruptcy, and so I was like, "Oh man, Columbia House is still around." You know, like the buy one CD get eleven CDs for a penny that whole thing. Oh, but that mine used to be mine wasn't. Mine was I don't know buy bad.
0: buy one cassette for a penny get thirteen cassettes, not what CDs. A, and my mind, uh, goes a little uh, bit further okay, back. Okay,
2: old guy, <laughs> uh, but I didn't even know that they were still around. So it was like, they filed for bankruptcy. Duh. But when I was reading about it, everybody was referring to this documentary that a former exec made where this kid actually just brought his camcorder into work every day. Like from the day he started to the day he quit, basically, he brought his camera to work every day. So it was documentary showing kind of how everything uh, was going in the company at, at that period in time. And it was like the 90s. So the documentary was called The Target Shoots First. And it's on Vimeo, so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll watch that while I'm working. And I actually thought it was really interesting, and I was like, hmm, Vimeo. I think I'll just search through some other things. So I went to the top editors picked and just started watching a bunch of shorts that are on Vimeo. And some of them are really, really good. Uh, some of them are not so much, but some of them are really, really good. So I was super into that this week, and we'll probably just continue to watch because we went and saw the, the Oscar-nominated shorts. So it was kind of like that. Was uh, there one in
1: particular that stood out that you remember? Like how many did you um, watch? Because if there's like twenty, and you don't remember the title. I probably I don't blame watched
2: you. like five of them. And my favorite one was called, um, I think it was Pin Wizard or, or uh, it was Wizard Mode. That's oh, I love called. Wizard Mode. Like in the thir- nah, no, oh. just kidding. Yeah, I, I was seen. like, whoa, what are the chances? <laughs> it's like a thirteen-minute short. It's about this guy who is the second rated, second-ranked pinball champion in Canada but he also has autism. So it was a short about that guy and it was really interesting. There was quite a few on there. It was just like all spectrum of storylines, shorts ranging from like nine to 15 minutes. So that was kind of fun. And then I discovered Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I know that he has had this company called Hit Record. Like I've seen, I've seen him post about it and stuff like that, but I've never actually delved in to try to figure out exactly what he was doing. But I know it was a project that he was the head of. So There is actually a show on Netflix now that's called Hit Record on TV. And basically what it is, he runs this company uh, called Hit Record. He's poured all of his money into it. Actually, he said on the show that it hasn't actually torn any kind of profit until he actually got the TV show deal. So now it can start paying for itself. But he's been doing this for like at least five years out of his own pocket. Um. What it is is a website where people can get online whether you're an artist, a singer, a writer, an actor, like whatever you do, it's a whole collaboration of things. So Joseph Gordon will be like, I want to do something about a piece about what it feels like to be alone. Tell me what it feels like to you to be alone. So several hundred people will submit videos telling stories of when they felt alone. He'll pick something that he finds interesting. Then he'll say, okay guys, I'm going to make a song about this. So songwriters and instrumentalists, I want you guys to, pitch me a song and either Joseph Gordon-Levitt will write the lyrics for it. Sometimes he'll sing it. Sometimes he'll have members sing it. It's a whole collaboration of things. So you can have 300 people that contribute videos to just one music video that he does. And you can have like 17 instrumentalists. So it's it's a whole collaborative effort of shorts. And some of them are really, really good. Some of them are pretty far out there. But I thought it was really fascinating. They're all really creative and interesting, and you can see everybody's different styles put in. So it's a eight episode series that's on Netflix now. Like I think they just got it. So I thought it was really super interesting and kind of, cool. and kind of inspiring. I think
1: Joseph Gordon is talented, and I thought Don Juan was actually a pretty good movie for the subject matter.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like uh, I like him a lot. I actually like him even more after this. Because you can tell it's something that he's really passionate about and it's getting exposure for these people that just average Joes that are really creative but don't have jobs doing creative stuff. And he actually brings in like John Krasinski wrote one of the things like he had the general idea and then wrote the script for it and then uh, he acted it out and then he had two other members of the community acted out he had a uh, Scarlett Johansson voice something and then a member of the community be the other voice. And then the community like animated it and made the music for it. So it's giving these people a chance to work with some really huge actors too, because it's just Gordon Levitt he's got access to these people. So it's at least where like, I think everybody should at least watch the first episode. It may not be a thing, but I think it's really interesting and I think it's inspiring and worth the watch. It's definitely something that I've never seen before.
1: Hit record on TV. Uh yeah. Okay. That actually sounds
0: like a pretty cool concept. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and it I is like really that. Cool. I've always liked Tim. He seems like a pretty cool down-to-earth guy. Um, I like him as an actor.
1: That sounds a lot more interesting in my opinion than some of the other things Netflix has been putting out lately. I know they they put out a ton of stuff and a lot of it's getting some good buzz. This is not a Netflix think...
2: original. It's on some I think it's getting carried on like some sort of independent channel oh, that nobody's well, ever heard never of, mind. but <laughs> now it's on But I'm that. with you though. I think that
0: you're right about Netflix. Because House of Cards and Oranges is the New Black were so big, I think now anything Netflix puts out is getting this kind of undeserved praise and buzz, and people. Are I'm on the bl-
1: fence with a lot of it.
0: Yeah, me yeah. too.
2: Anyways, uh, I talked a lot about that, but I do think everybody should at least watch the first episode and give it a shot. If no. if you like creative little things, it's at least worth watching. Yeah, no, that yeah. sounds
1: very interesting. Yeah, I'm into it. Jacob oh okay I've got a couple things to talk about the first is a Lego Brickumentary yeah. have you seen it yet I've read all about it but I haven't watched it uh, came out in 2014 did either of y'all play with Legos as a kid uh yes yes I, I did. I don't
2: know that we didn't have any like specific sets, but we played with Legos yeah, a
1: lot. I loved Legos. I had so much, so many Legos and things like that. We had and a
2: pickle jar full of Legos. Did you? Mm-hmm. I think
1: like, I had a suitcase that we would, oh. we would just dump regularly. So you were dump, like... Whatever. Oh, I was a diehard yeah, Lego guy.
0: I, I, I had Legos, but I wasn't like huge
1: into them. Yeah, This documentary is really cool because initially it kind of starts out with, hey, Legos are fun. Legos are for kids. Legos, you know, you can build and create... And whatever but as the documentary goes on and on and on you really realize the world that Lego has created you know you have your Mattel's I can't think of any of the big toy companies Hasbro, Hasbro is the other big one Tonka and, right and Lego is the number two largest toy company with one product Wow with one product Wow so you think about how big they really That's are insane. and you know in 2003 they almost went bankrupt And they decided to redesign, remodel, just redo their business model. And instead of being quiet and to themselves and going down that path, we're not going to tell you what we're going to release, they decided to go to the open community where there's a whole world of either Lego nerds, uh, Lego... um, Conventions? Yeah, big conventions, sorry. Yeah. Where you have all these just brilliant, genius, honestly, just creative people. And then they start to take their ideas from these creative people, and they're finding that they're starting to hire some of these, even even hire some of these people that they're finding out there. So they've done so many new things ever since 2003, but even more so, they dive into the psychological element of Legos, how they can be therapeutic. I'm not going to lie. I bought a Millennium Falcon over a year ago. It's 2,500 pieces. Whoa. And I just put it together because I had built anything from Legos in a long, long time, and uh, I, spent long a good, I, I, I spent a good eight hours, I spent a whole day doing it. Did films. you really? And I tore it apart, I put it back in the box, and I'll do it again. Really? Just, you it. tore it apart? Yeah, I just treated it, it like fun? it was a puzzle. Um, did you have fun with it? Or oh, was it, I loved every uh, bit of did it. You? Not cool. just because it was like a Star Wars thing, I, I just love building, um, I always liked architecture and that sort of thing. So... For the therapeutic park, it was really cool. Actually, for a lot of the psychology part, because it, it went on to uh, go to this school, was it New York, where there was autistic children and how it helped them develop and um, you know learn to be in a kind of more social atmosphere, that sort of thing. There are elements where it talks about just an artistic side. So, I got this email a year or so ago, maybe a year ago, where there was a big um, event in New York City where this artist had created. Um, these sculptures out of Legos, where a guy was kind of breaking his chest open uh, and were I out. I saw of that. It. Okay, that, that that they interviewed that guy, um, and all the amazing things that he created by just using blocks. It was a really, an inspirational documentary in a way because it just reminds you to be creative, to be original, and with a product like Lego, where you know it's not you know not dealing with dolls or or you know. Any other kind of you know cars, any other kind of toys, it's teaching you to be creative and you use your mind. And for that matter, it really went down. A, well, I thought it was going to be kind of a kind of a hokey kind of kiddie documentary the way they approached it at first because they use a character a lot like the Lego Movie where he's kind of talking to being like a little too kiddyish and it's like all right, it's getting a little bit annoying. But when it really dives into the aspect of what is Legos. What is creation it just it was a, it was really good That's really, really good interesting. Uh, one of the thing that was kind of cool about it speaking of Star Wars is that they built the largest Lego um, I guess I don't know sculpture, but they built an x- wing a real life size x- wing wow and uh, it had like five million pieces on it and it kind of shows like one of those fast uh, sped up videos of them building it like you know day night day night day night. And five million blocks, five million blocks. That's insane. It took me eight hours to do 2,500. Wow. I mean, that's insane. Wow,
0: that is crazy. When you really think about
1: the numbers. So, uh, very cool documentary. Very quickly, I want to talk about the Hateful Eight trailers. I posted this on our Facebook page today because I am so confused right now. Do you know what's going on?
2: With the movie or okay. with the trailer? Okay, was that
1: first trailer that came out in January, was that a Hateful Eight trailer? See, that's – I, I am baffled what's happening. Because it looks like a completely different movie. Yeah, like yeah, so the new, this so, looks sorry, like a Tarantino kind of a movie. The new Hateful Eight trailer dropped this over the weekend, I believe. Right. And it's totally Tarantino on the way. It feels Tarantino. It cuts like Tarantino. It jokes like Tarantino. Uh, I'm excited about it. It looks like it's going to be a great movie. But we we would talk about this other trailer. Rachel showed it to us uh, before, which I know you've seen it too. But it came out six months ago. And it's slow mo. Yeah. It's like real beautiful choreography, cinematography. It looks beautiful, but Silvamore. it does not look like Tarantino. Nothing like Tarantino. Yeah. It doesn't cut, doesn't joke, doesn't do
2: anything. And I am completely confused. And maybe that's a part of the
0: marketing, or maybe. Or maybe,
2: ta- yeah. I mean, maybe Tarantino was like, F you, since this script got leaked. Yeah, maybe, so maybe, maybe this is. To throw a throw little, people yeah,
0: off. Now, but I, I don't know how you can convince it.
1: I did no research. I did movie. no Google research after I saw that. So, you know, if anyone is listening that might know, you know, please email us at pulkfliction at gmail.com, or we have a Facebook page. Go to that and post if you know, because I'm super curious and so confused. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to bring that up real quick. Uh, because we have been talking about it. I'm really looking. that's one of my top movies I've been oh, looking forward I can't to this wait. year. I can't wait. And that new trailer looks awesome. Oh, it does. It, it, does. Looks, so it, looks, it looks so good. so The last thing I wanna talk about, so speaking of like our I just dropped our email and, and our Facebook page. And we we're, you know, kind of gaining ground a little bit. So I wanna talk about a couple and yes, they are friends, but people who I have watched who have been listening from the get go. Cool. Um, I want to read off their top fives because oh, they just keep quizzing fine. me and quizzing me and quizzing me on movies and stuff. And I oh, figured why not switch it up real quick and find out other people's interests compared to our interests. Yeah. Um, the first is Justin. He sent us a, a huge email of all of his top movies um, really in the beginning. And Justin's number one movie. Oh, we'll do number five Rocky Four. He justifies that because I had Jurassic Park. Whatever, dude. <laughs> uh, wait, wait.
0: This isn't the action list. It's just his favorite. This is movies. just his favorite
1: movies. And Rocky Four is, <laughs> is number five. That is amazing. I don't know you. I man. hated Rocky. I hate it. It was so overrated. Stupid. Uh, it's
0: but, but it's I a lot of but fun. But I didn't grow up watching it. It's I grew up watching it. <laughs> up watching it. I'm in Drago, man. That's a gr- oh I love. I, I mean, it's not a good movie, but I love the movie. Yeah. Good, well, choice. hanging
1: out with you, I'm realizing it's not a good movie, but it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to no. no, no it's all right because I'm gonna to try and get through. That this. was exciting. That <laughs> his number four is Silence of the Lambs. Nice. His number three is Shawshank Redemption. His okay. number two is Star Wars. And he just said Star Wars. I think he just means a trilogy in right. general. And his number one, he's been arguing me this to the end. And I'm, I'm pretty sure y'all are on my side. But his number one is No Country for Old Men. Whereas we love, there will be blood. Yeah. He even sent me a, a, an email where... Ebert had said that No Country is the better movie, so it has its arguments, Justin. <laughs> but uh, I'm still always going to go with There Will Be Blood. No, yeah, no Country was a good movie, though.
0: It, I liked No Country a lot, but but definitely There Will Be Blood was was the better movie to me. <laughs> but they were both great movies. It was really that was 2007, I remember, and they were probably two of the. Best movies of the entire 2000s. Yeah, had it come out point. in a different year, in it would have been. Yeah, I feel yeah. yeah. Like maybe they really in a year. were. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I definitely, absolutely prefer There Will Be Blood, but that, that was a good list. He had a good yeah, mix of, did.
1: of. and I wish we could talk about a lot of these indi- these movies individually. Yeah. Maybe for another time. You know, because I would love to talk about Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, great movie. Yeah. The next two are a couple, and they're actually who I went and visited in Seattle this last week. And um, funny when a couple who've been around each other for 18 years, how sometimes they're their tastes become almost similar uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so i'll do kelly first that's his wife uh, her number five is the grinch <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I like The Grinch. I think it's yeah. an underrated Christmas movie. Her number four is The Emperor's New Groove. And I know I love she the, loves that with a passion.
0: I brought that up when mm-hmm. we did our Lost animated episode. Yeah, that, really was, that was really funny movie,
1: actually. Uh, number three is the first Harry Potter movie, which I think that's probably one of my favorite ones, too.
0: It's I actually just, thought they got better as they went on, personally. Well, most
1: people would, but there's something about it being the first time you see Hogwarts, the first time yeah. you see all these kind of new elements, and it was kind of fun. They are the brand new kids, and they're pretty yeah. good little kid actors, too. They were. Seeing as how kid actors just came be so 50-50. Number two, and this is where I got this from, Ace Ventura 2. Uh, part two, so funny. She loves the second one and I think that's why I prefer it more too because I always picture Kelly laughing. That's so funny. And uh, her number one, strangely, no, no, no. It's her list. You've got mail. <laughs> really yeah and I said, like, what about Sleepless in Seattle she's like I just didn't think it was you whatever she likes You've Got Mel you know which...
0: what I love about You've Got Mail is they quote the Godfather Tom Hanks does he, he, I wouldn't he, even he, ever remember yeah, that it's a, yeah it's a big part of the in movie in your
1: defense Kelly my mom watches that movie all the time so you always have that <laughs> That sucks because they're not here to defend themselves but hey you know <laughs> James alright so this guy he's my best friend but it took him two hours to even come up with his top five. I'm sorry. You should know, at least know your top three and maybe have to think about four and five. And James took two hours to even, well, I really like you know this and that, blah, blah, blah. All right, number five. Finally, and actually, there's not even an order. So don't think of this as a one, two, three, four, five order because he never even got that figured out, you robot. Okay, number five, I just went with Fight Club. Number okay. four, Shawshank Redemption. Okay. Number three, Hero. The one, the Dustin Hoffman. No, no, no. The one that was the Japanese film with Jet Li. Oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. And, he's, and and really? I I think it's a great movie too. I do like the movie, especially it's artistically, an and cinematography choice. wise. It and was a really good he's movie. Always brought that up whenever certain kind of genres or movie talk comes up. But I, I I get where you're coming from on that one, James. For sure, he 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 like he also likes a lot of a. Uh, the ninjutsu, um, like
0: Crouching Tiger, Head and Dragon Tiger. Yeah, movies. he actually yeah. brought that up yeah. as an honorable mention.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's number two, well, whatever. Again, these aren't really ranked, but Matrix. Okay. And, you know, number one, just for <laughs> Elf. Really? <laughs> yeah, those like are great. This list. Those are good things. There's a good variety <laughs> So of I just thought two. I'd bring it up and say, hey, you know, as fans build, maybe over time, we'll just say, a couple people's top five, whatever list, just kind of fun to read out other people's tastes. Yeah, absolutely, that was fun. Because we're not correct here all the time, so <laughs> yes, you know, we are. Good to hear everyone else's opinion. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, Brandon, what have you been watching? Uh, it's gonna
0: be hard to top. You. You've got Mel, but I'll do my best. Here's what. Here's what I watched this week that I want to talk about. Did we talk about Wet Hot American Summer, the the TV series? Yep, I did. Okay, I thought we did. Never mind then. I'll just say this though: I've I've watched it all now, and I thoroughly enjoyed it.
2: Oh, you finished it?
0: Uh, yes. Nice. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious. If you watch the movie, it's a must-watch. There's only eight That's episodes. That's what I said. Uh, they're thirty minutes long. It's probably even more. Abs- it's not not just probably. It's definitely more absurd than the movie is, but it's hilarious. Absolute must-watch if you're a fan of Wet Hot American Summer. The other thing I want to talk about was the gift. Uh, the movie starring Jason Bateman and uh, Joel Edgerton and written and directed by Joel Edgerton. I don't know if I'm Oh, that I, right. didn't that. I didn't know that. Edgerton. I know he had that abilities to
1: uh, Good job. Yeah. I like Joel Edgerton.
0: Uh, Rebecca Hall is in it as well. I thought it was a really good Have you seen this yet, Jacob?
1: No, no, no. You texted me too, but I was out
2: of town.
0: Okay. I don't want to spoil it too much then. Uh, I re- thought it was
2: good. I enjoyed it.
1: It was a fun
0: little movie. Like it's, it's getting really good reviews. It's, it's basically a little thriller. It's nothing. It's, I would say it's in the vein of like a Fatal Attraction, a, a basic instinct type movie. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm listing these sexual ones. Forget I said that. But it, it's, it's, it's not some great movie is what I'm trying to say. It's just a fun, it's fun. single white female. It's just a fun little thriller it's that fun. we don't it's see very smart. much. Of it's
2: not, you know, it's nothing earth shattering, but it's, it's a fun movie and it's good. It really is, and uh, Jason
0: Bateman, they kind of capitalized on his ability to be a smartass and kind of an unlikable, he's usually a likable smartass, and this, not so much, and kind of the whole mystery part of the movie is trying to figure out whether this strange guy, this creeper, is, is a good guy, is he a bad guy? Good intentions, bad intentions. Jason Bateman, what's going on with him? Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? I just don't think it's the type of movie that gets made much anymore. And that's probably why I appreciate it. It's it's kind of a throwback to just a a nice little thriller. Not a horror movie at all. It's just a straight-up mystery thriller. But I would say definitely go out and see it. The interesting thing to me, though, is that Joel Edrington uh, wrote and directed this. And, you know, most people know him from starting a Warrior or Exodus but it's interesting to me that he actually has written a few other things including The Rover that Robert Pattinson uh, movie from a couple years ago he Dude, also it's, it's, wrote The it's Square it's
1: Edgerton Edgerton Edgerton? yeah okay yeah just forget the D just say Edgerton Edgerton yes <laughs> <laughs> I was like did I not know how to, to spell his last I, name? but yeah I, it's not nothing different I want to
0: pronounce that G uh, <laughs> but
1: but, uh, A friend of I, mine's last name is that Oh, so uh, okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha Oh, I know who that is. I've
0: been calling calling him the wrong name all these years. It's good you
1: Um,
0: But yeah, I'd recommend it. Uh, The other thing I would say to do is go ahead and finish True Detective if you haven't yet, just so you can talk to your buddies about it and bash it together.
1: I haven't seen the last episode, and I'm not looking forward to it from what I've heard.
2: Here's the deal, though. If you're waiting for the last episode to save the series, doesn't do it.
0: Well, and that's the thing. I don't think that standalone, the finale, was that bad. I actually think it was one of the better episodes of, of the second season. And I think that the whole second half of the second season was decent. But the problem was it still wasn't that great.
1: Yeah, on, yeah. A, on a whole. Yeah, on a it whole, wasn't. it
0: was just disappointing. I was just looking forward to True Detective so much. You know, Game of Thrones was ending. I was like, oh, that's okay. It sucks, but I have a True Detective to look forward to, and it was such a letdown. Do you
1: think Nick Paluzzo, the guy who wrote the first first two seasons yeah. he, or directed it? I don't know. Don't, do you it's think Paluzzo. he'll lose? there's nothing. Don't anything? pronounce the T. I know, I'm just kidding. Right? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, do you think HBO would bring him back? You know, did he just happen to hit gold with the first one? That's why
2: I wasn't as so Brandon was super excited. And I was like, "Well, this dude has written exactly one season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and now and he has to start from wasn't scratch." was even
1: involved in it. I can't think of his name, but the guy who also helped. Carrie Funaka or something that like sounds that. sounds right. Something you know, like so. that. Yeah,
2: starting a second season from scratch, I didn't have a whole lot of faith in him because one season does not prove to me that you can do that. So sure. my expectations were managed a little bit better than Brandon's. Kind of like Josh Trank and whoever directed Jurassic yeah. World.
0: Well, and another good comparison is, you know, you talked about how the first season was a straight-up collaboration between him and Carrie Funaka. Let's just say that's his name. Good word. work. Um, he was the director and I feel like he accentuated his positives and reeled in his negatives. We talked about it with Trainwreck and Judd Apatow and Amy Schumer, how they were a good combination. That Apatow probably kind of reeled her in yeah. and accentuated the positives and, and cut out the negatives. And I think that, yeah, I was, I was pretty much right. Carrie yeah. Fukunaga. You know uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Redemption. Uh, Puzzolatto. Nick Puzzolato. Yeah, I I think that they were a great collaboration, and and maybe they can convince him to come back for season three. It might help a lot. Here's the deal: he might have because the first season was such a success, they might give him one more
1: opportunity. I'll still watch the third season. So well, that's you know why, what, I, I probably would still watch the fourth season. And because I, and I think people I like on that you know crime detective type yep. stuff. But they if they tell you what the third season is like the second season, you will lose a lot of fans. Yeah, yeah. Probably already did. If the killing could get a fourth season after
0: you know the first season disappointed a lot of people yeah Yeah. because the the end of the first season really upset fans but it got a second season second season kind of upset some fans but it got a third and fourth season because the fans that liked it stuck with it and because they loved the good elements so much that they stuck around i think that true detective would probably be able to do the same thing so there we go. That is the Fantastic Four episode of Pulp Fliction. Be sure to tune in to our sister podcast, our top five list, where in honor of Fantastic Four, we are going to count down our top five favorite remakes and reboots of all time.